This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. We're going to talk about, as we've been going through the the gifts of the Spirit. Last week we talked about words of knowledge and, and we talked about what it's like to, to receive those and show some biblical examples of that, what it looks like today in 2019. And then now, tonight, we're going to dive into the discerning of spirits. Everyone say discerning of spirits. If you're taking notes with me, you follow along with the app. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, go to the App Store or your Google Play Store, search Faith Chapel. Make sure you download the Faith Chapel app. And then under the Young Adults tab, you'll see the Discerning of Spirits notes for tonight, okay? This, this gift is a revelation gift. We've covered three revelatory gifts so far. We talked about the Word of Wisdom, the Word of Knowledge, and then tonight, the Discerning of Spirits. Now here's in a nutshell what it is. The gift of discerning of spirits is simply discerning the spiritual. It's simply discerning the spiritual. You see, I used to think as I was growing up, I used to think that this gift, the discerning of spirits that was talked about when Paul was talking to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he's talking about these gifts that were given, empowerment gifts so that we could do ministry as Jesus did ministry. This is totally different than the fruit of the spirit so that we could be like Jesus is, but that also we, it's important that we learn to do ministry as Jesus did ministry, to pour into people the way that Jesus poured into people. It is all absolutely crucial. So I used to think that discerning the spirits was simply knowing when angels or demons were at work or doing something. But I've discovered that it's so much more than that. That is a piece of the pie, but it's not the entire piece. It's recognition of what's happening spiritually all around us. This is crucial for everybody. So right off the bat, I bet probably some people in this room are like, discerning the spirits, I don't know, maybe I don't want that one. Give me Give me prophecy. Give me working in miracles. But discerning the spirits, I, mean, I don't even know. But when you see that, recognizing what's happening spiritually all around you, all of a sudden we might have our eyes open to realize that's pretty key for anybody. Whether you're in ministry or not in ministry. Maybe you're just grandma. <laughs> or maybe you're just a college student. Or maybe you're just going through life. I don't know what your story is, but this is crucial for you. Let me paint a picture of how crucial this is. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were looking for the physical appearance of the Messiah. That, but the problem was is that they were missing the spiritual anointed one, the Christ, when he was showing up on the scene. They couldn't wrap their minds around the Messiah that was coming. And then I don't know what they expected him to look like or be like, but all of a sudden Jesus shows up on the scene and he's like, yep, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been praying for and waiting for. And they're like, I just can't get past the package that it came in. Like the wrapping paper of this gift just doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. They couldn't discern the spiritual. And my favorite verse to go to this and kind of bring some context to this major blunder is found in Luke chapter 4 verses 18. This is when Jesus is in the synagogue. He's about to read from this messianic prophecy about from Isaiah about the Messiah showing up on the scene. It was like Jesus coming into church. It's his turn to read from the Bible or the scroll. He goes up, grabs Isaiah's scroll, opens it up, and reads this. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down, and all the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently on the front row. Then he began to speak to them and said, the scripture that you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Woo! Exactly how it was in the moment for some people. Like Jesus just rolled in like a rolls up the scroll, sits back down, and he's like, that's me, by the way. <laughs> and they were having a hard time realizing what was really happening. He just declared himself the Messiah that for generations they had been praying for, believing for. They prayed prayers every single day. It was their custom to pray these prayers, hearkening the arrival of the Messiah. And then Jesus shows up and he's like, it's me, boss. I'm here. This was the moment they had been waiting for. <sighs> but here's what they say only a verse later in verse 22. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. But how can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Familiarity. I've seen him. He coaches my kids' little league team. I've seen him. He worked down at In-N-Out Burger. Like, I've seen him. He goes to my church. He's on the custodial staff. I've seen him. I know this guy. And familiarity is about to short-circuit the revelation that's about to hit them right between the eyes and open up their heart to the preciousness of this moment. But because they see something that was packaged in a way that they couldn't understand, they could not discern what was happening spiritually. Because what was happening spiritually was phenomenal. This was the moment that they had been waiting for, and now it has arrived. But because they could not discern the spiritual climate of the moment, they missed the moment of their visitation. How crucial is it for you and I to discern the spiritual? How crucial is it for you and I to know that the person you're sitting next to tonight might be a remarkable spiritual giant in the faith, even though their appearance is unassuming? I hear it all the time. I shake hands with people. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. And they're like, you? I'm like, I know I don't look the part. <laughs> That's okay. You'll be fine. I'm sure that there was a gasp in the room in this moment when the promised Messiah was coming, but then this doubt sets in. You see, familiarity is a silent killer. Familiarity is a silent killer. It messes with people when they see something in a person that they already know or have become all too familiar with. We fall into this danger all the time. It's the, it's the, the tragedy of being in a marvelous place. For example, you can fall into familiarity when you show up next week for the first love conference and because it's happening in your own backyard, you just think it's another cute event. It's not. It's not just another cute event to come to. Just because it's happening in the same room that you're used to coming into on a lot, for a lot of uh, weeks and weeks and some of you years and years. 
There is something significant that is stirring, I believe, in a spiritual realm that God is building in the region of San Diego. I truly believe there is something that God is wanting to awaken in the lives and hearts of people in this very strategic city that he is wanting to do that will literally spread throughout the nation. And here we are sowing into that reality and and believing for that. And sometimes we feel we're all too insignificant and it's just another normal event. So I'll go there because there's no good games on that night. And we miss the moment of his visitation. And we miss sowing seed into something that could land on good fruit. And I'm not just talking about the conference. I'm talking about anything that has the fingerprint of God on it that we don't honor because it's beautiful and precious and marked with his presence and we treat it as familiar. There's people I know in my life, some of the most spiritual giants that I've ever had the privilege of walking with are in my own family. I know them so well, but because I've gotten to know them well, I see God in them in such a unique way, and I want to honor that. Not just see them uh, be used of God in a, in a great way and just go, yeah, but it's my uncle. Or yeah, but it's, it's my family member, it's my sister. Like, who cares? You see, there was no recognition of what was happening spiritually. If they had, the, the, their, their, their spirits would have been rejoicing and they would have paid attention to the sensation and recognition that there was, was no average day at the synagogue. Jesus was showing up and everything was about to change, but they needed spiritual eyes to discern what was happening. Oh, how crucial this gift could be for you and me to be activated in our lives. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, so then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human sight. He's basically saying, oh, we looked at Jesus before and we're like, ah, he's cool. But now that we know what he can do and who he is, oh, we don't see him like we used to see him. What would happen if the day came where you looked in the mirror and you actually saw yourself through the lens that he sees you with? What would happen if we started changing ourselves and you didn't see yourself just as another average guy who's a good guy that takes care of his family and makes decent money and comes home and you're living the American dream until one day you go home and you leave a little cheddar for your kids and pass on into eternity? What if you looked at your life and began to recognize yourself as the spiritual giant that he says you are because you're marked with beloved identity and you let hunger and thanksgiving drive you deeper into the presence of God than you've ever been before and you recognize that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover and that when you declare the word of the Lord, it comes to pass and that when you pray for your kids, the words that you speak into them are seeds that land on good soil that will bear good fruit and when they grow up, they're going to see how mom and dad pray and they're going to get permission to do the things that you and I I never did because all of a sudden we started waking up to who we really are and recognize man Christ in me kind of makes me a big deal and I'm not going to let that become a seed of pride in my life I'm going to let that be a recognition of my beautiful identity in him amen there was nothing about Jesus' physical appearance that would draw people to him. Nothing about him that said Messiah. It was his spiritual weightiness upon him that declared it so loudly, though. It was how people would shake hands with him or walk near to him or, or, or be near him and go, there's something different about this guy. Because all he did was walk by and say, follow me, and I left my entire business and followed him. What in the world was I thinking? Man, there must have been something magnetic about him. 
And it wasn't that he had a big sign pointing down to him saying he was the Messiah. Okay? You see, the discerning of Spirit's gift is a means of changing our lens. It opens up our world to the supernatural in another dimension. Now, I don't know how much you believe about all that. Let me just tell you, there is a spiritual world, and it's more real than the physical world that you and I live in. I love, I love watching movies about it and reading about it and thinking about it because it gets me out of realizing like that we live in this physical world and sometimes we just get so stuck in it and we miss the spiritual world that's taking place all around us. Well, Josiah, now you're just being superstitious. No, I'm being biblical. Like it's just straight up Bible. Like there's no in and outs or arguing it. Like there is a spiritual world that's all around us. And it's important for you and I to discern what's happening in this spiritual world. It's allowing the spirit of God by revelation to show us what's happening all around us. Now, I know that this does have to do a little bit with recognizing the demonic. But I don't like to get up here all the time and just talk about the demonic because I'd rather talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords than to sit here and talk about dumb demons. However, that is true that in my experience, it's more about recognizing spiritually what's happening in the atmosphere of the room having to do with the presence of God more than the presence of the demonic. Okay, so because I used to think discerning of spirits always had this like negative connotation to me Like when it was when a demon came in the room or something all of a sudden you could recognize what was going on And I was like, well if it works in that regard Why wouldn't it work in knowing when God was prompting me to do something, right? Why wouldn't it be in knowing when when the Holy Spirit was prompting something or we're in a place in worship? I mean if you're a worship leader in the room I want you need to get hands on you if you're a musician and you lead any kind of ministry One of the most crucial things you could do for your ministry is to recognize what the Holy Spirit of God is doing within a service How many of you have been a part of a service where it literally felt like the whole place was a blowing up balloon? And it was about to pop and be amazing, but all of a sudden we had to cut it short and move on to announcements you're like, tonight, Josiah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're just like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. This is moment. And they're like, hey, thanks for being here tonight. We got a potluck on Friday. <laughs> Bring <laughs> chips. It's going to be awesome. And you're like, Jesus was about to kiss me. Like, it was going to be amazing. And then you messed it all up. It's so crucial to recognize the spiritual climate of a room. I've been in those moments. And when we can begin to discern what he's doing, like that's why I'm really excited about the first love conference because we're going to have a little bit more time to work with than normal. And I don't want to come in and fake anything, but I do know that God works in response to our faith. And so I want to come in by faith and say, God, what, what can we pull on for you to do in this room? What, what is it you want to release? What is it you want to say? What kind of things do we not normally have time for? But because it's conference and it's evening and it's a little bit out of our normal schedule, we have a little bit more time scheduled into the event to see what he might do. I love that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I know that, and I know that it's true. I know that there is a, a devil out there who hates our guts and wants to destroy your life and wants to destroy your testimony. He's going to do everything he can to do that. Check out this story, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, 
These men are the servants of the Most High God. They proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, I like Paul, during, uh, turned and said to the spirit, notice he doesn't speak to the girl, he speaks to the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Interesting story. The picture, the perfect picture as to why we need the discerning of spirits active in our life. Here's why it's important. Everything she was saying was true. Notice what she said. These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. What she said was right and true, but from the wrong spirit. Sometimes we have a hard time discerning what's happening in the spiritual world because everything on the outside looks okay, but we don't have enough spiritual integrity to go deeper and discover what was actually happening behind the scene. The word here for divination is actually the Greek word python. A python will almost comfort you by gently squeezing you as he wraps himself around you to slowly squeeze you tighter and tighter before you eventually realize that you're stuck and then it swallows you whole. She's saying all the right stuff and almost getting applause from the people. Secretly like sneaking these talons into the spirits of the people because who knows what the devil would have continued to do to pervert Maybe when they left the town and they thought well, she's their spokesperson This is a marketer for the ministries of the apostles so, like she's obviously legit And then maybe when they moved on who knows what kind of perversion she would bring to the table But thank God that Paul was operating in a gift of discernment and he was able to see what was happening and silence that and get rid of that spirit before it stirred up trouble that is huge. What if Paul hadn't discerned the spirit that this girl was working with? That python spirit could have deceived so many by seemingly coaxing them comfort or closely and comforting. Oftentimes there are things that sound right, but there's something just off. The greatest lies are the ones that carry the most amount of truth in them, but they pervert key elements within that lie and ultimately it changes the whole thing. So the devil tries to get as close to the truth as possible, but never actually dispenses truth. If he's the father of lies, what he tries to do is give you something that looks like it's truth, but there's a key component in there that's twisted. He's not just going to come in and give you something that's a flat out lie 100% because it's got to seem like something you would swallow. It's been at it for a little while. Oh, how important it is for the gift of discernment to be activated in our lives. Or, in general, to be a discerning individual so we can discern the truth behind what's going on in any given situation. We can recognize when that Python thing is showing up and mess up and trying to mess things up. Let me tell you a couple stories. I remember not that long ago, there was an individual who came to our young adults ministry. He was show, he said, hey, Pastor Sai, I want to talk to you after the service. I said, for sure. So we go outside. He hands me an envelope, and inside the envelope was a bunch of cash. And he told me, hey, I felt like the Lord told me to give this to you, like to you specifically for your family. And I'm like, oh, praise God. Like, thanks, man. So I'm like all excited, praising God. It's super cool. Then he kind of sends me on his way. But shortly after, all of a sudden, he starts becoming very opinionated about how we were running our ministry. You guys shouldn't be doing this. And I think when you do this, you should probably do it this way. And you should probably do it that way. And he just started becoming really opinionated about everything. After he had tried to buy my favor. 
So a little bit of time goes by and I begin to recognize what was going on and I saw, mm, I see what's happening here. I had enough spiritual discernment to, to have a conversation with him and say, listen, we're not going to do it that way. I believe we've been mandated by God to do ministry this way. I don't want to fall into that trap. And so, so, so no. And guess what? He got frustrated. He got mad and he left and I still kept the money. <laughs> he got frustrated. He left. But I was interesting, like I remember the debacle that was happening on the inside of me where I'm like, yeah, like he's trying to bless, but there was a manipulation happening behind the scenes. And I, I thank God that we had the ability to be able to recognize what he was doing. Huge. Recognizing when he walks in the room is priceless. It's one of the most beneficial things that we could do. And I just want to, I want us to become a people that's so familiar with discerning the spiritual climate of the room. It's huge for us. Paul tells this to the Corinthian church. I'm almost done. First Corinthians 2.9, it says, But as, as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who was from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him, nor can he know him because they are spiritually discerned. Do you get the point? We're really good about recognizing carnal things or earthly things, but because we're, we don't want to be the weird person in the room, so we don't want to be spiritual, so we don't recognize spiritual things. I'm not saying you need to be the creepy prophetic lady that I grew up with growing up in my church where she was like the weird loopy like spiritual lady. I'm saying be like Jesus. <laughs> like I was scared to be prophetic in any way, shape or form because all the prophetic ladies that I knew were kind of weird. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'll just let them be the, the weirdo ladies and whatever and it's all good. But I loved the fact that when I saw Jesus and he was super normal and moved in power, and in the prophetic, and discerning of spirits. He was the most spiritual guy on the planet, and he was super normal. And I'm not talking about normal as in he fit into what our context of normal is. Sometimes his context of normal was coming down from the mountain of transfiguration and totally different than how he went up. So we have to be okay with a new normal. I remember just before on a Tuesday night service, this was in January of 2018. I walked out of the, the young adult room over there in L01 where we were meeting at the time. I stopped dead in my tracks and I could smell a fire burning very strong. Mitchell, you were there. You remember that? Walked out, could smell the fire burning really strong. I walked up to the fence line. I'm looking around. I'm like, where's the fire? There's a fire somewhere. Like I put it out like on, on a message. I was like, I think I smell fire burning. Mitchell was working here at the time. I think he went and was looking around, looking everywhere for a fire and we, we couldn't find anything and we were just like dang like that's that's crazy like I could literally smell fire burning very distinctly we disregarded it didn't think it was like a huge deal because we couldn't find anything so we went on through the service during the service the fire alarm went off upstairs up here we didn't know it we were downstairs and didn't hear it we should probably fix that we were downstairs and didn't hear it and 
people literally, they took their kids out, they emptied the service, the whole deal, because the fire alarm was going off. We didn't know this. Down there in the service, guess what we were preaching on? the fire of God. And we started preaching on people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire. There was people that got healed and got filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. There were people that were just having this remarkable time with God. It was one of those nights where we were just praying literally, God, let the fire of God fall on Faith Chapel. And we were just crying out for it in our spirit and had been since we've been praying for that night. Sure enough, we find out later that fire alarms are going off all over the campus. And I'm like, that's amazing. I could smell the fire burning. Call me weird or superstitious. I think that we were discerning spiritually what the Lord was intending to release in the lives of people in that evening. Before it even happened. There was a lingering presence of the Lord. I'll tell you one more story. You're like, no more stories. I can't take it. Is Edwin in the house still? He's here. You were there. You saw this. Edwin went with my dad, uh, went to Africa not that long ago. When was this? Last year? Last year, about this time. My dad's in Africa right now, by the way. Pray for my dad. My sister's on the way there, and Leona, they're going. My dad's been texting me. He's been pouring into pastors and leaders. They're seeing miracles, and God's touching people, and they're pouring into all these guys, and they're having a remarkable time over in Uganda right now. But here was the story I was reminded of. I even have some pictures of it. I'll show you in a second. He, they get there. They're in Uganda, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it Kenya? It was an embu. Okay, so they were told that witch doctors who knew that they were coming and that they were going to have an outreach, they set up on the platform to preach. They had gone from site to site, walking the grounds, trying to hinder spiritually what was going on. They started their meetings and people were getting healed and saved and set free and God was moving in a miraculous way. But on the second night, after my dad had finished the meeting, he went back to the house at about 1 a.m. Edwin's room got super duper hot, if I'm not mistaken. And, and, and so he knocked on my dad's door. They went into the living room and they began to pray. Shortly afterwards, there was a water tank outside that all of a sudden blew up for no reason. This was the water tank beforehand looking super normal. It's where they got all the water for the whole area. And then all of a sudden, there was this intense heat that just came blazing into Edwin's room. They started praying. And then all of a sudden, this water tank blows up in the middle of the night. They had no water to the house. When the bishop showed up at the house, they found out with, the, uh, with some of the pastors. They showed up at the church at the meeting, and then uh, they show up at the meeting later on, and a black snake comes into the back of the meeting and bites a lady, and she had to get rushed to the hospital. She ends up surviving. My dad then gets some discernment that they were under intense spiritual attack. He calls us back here at Faith Chapel and says, we're under some intense spiritual attack that's going on over here. We need you guys to start praying. So I put it out to our prayer chain, which is why you need to text FCYA so that I can make sure you're on our prayer chain when emergencies happen. Guess what? We start praying back here in America. God, give them breakthrough, give them breakthrough, give them breakthrough. And as we begin to pray, breakthrough begins to happen. This lady comes forward. She confesses that she had been bringing witchcraft material to the meetings. She brings it up to the front. They go and they take it from the lady. They confiscate it. They light it on fire and burn it right in front of everybody, burning this witchcraft material. And then all of a sudden, a breakout of miracles happens. Even a paralyzed person who was paralyzed from the waist down, who had been hurt in a motorcycle accident, gets healed. The report's given. Even after God moves in crazy signs and wonders that people get touched and delivered, 
even days later, 66 people get added to the church and there's fruit that still remains to this day because of the breakthrough that began to come. Amen, praise God for that. I mean, that's awesome. Why do I tell you this story? It's because it's important for you and I to have some spiritual discernment under our belt, to even ask Almighty God, God, wake up the gift of the discerning of spirits in my life so that I don't become someone who's spiritually naive. I could tell when the temperature was rising. Because when you tell the temperature is rising in a spiritual world, you're able to know how best to partner with Almighty God. You're able to notice when he's knocking or tapping you on the shoulder or knocking on the door of your heart in the middle of the night. And it's not just you randomly waking up in the middle of the night because you woke up. It's because maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder to spend some time with him because he has an encounter for you. He has something he might want to whisper into your heart. It might be that you step into a service like this on an average Wednesday night and God starts giving you keys to what's happening in the room spiritually and now we don't just become spectators, we become participators in what could be somebody's breakthrough. I want to invite you into this. I want to invite you into a world where we don't just come and enjoy, but that we participate and we take ownership of what God is doing in our church and what God is doing in our city. I believe he wants to equip you just like he wants to equip me. And I'm trying to stay sensitive to this kind of stuff and I don't get it right all the time. No way. But I want it. Do you? I promise you, your Christianity, your faith will become so exciting. You start opening yourself up to these revelatory gifts. And you start saying, God, I know that you gave these to me. I know that you told me not to be ignorant about them, that I need to be well-versed in understanding this. So I'm, I'm here, I'm open, I'm available. God, speak to me, equip me with these gifts so that I can utilize them because somebody might need to know Jesus. And who knows, maybe I'm the one that takes him by the hand and leads him to him. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. Far too much ways in the back. Jesus, we just love you. God, I don't want to miss it. I want to recognize when you're moving in our midst. I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to miss it. God, I just pray for the individuals in this room that are hearing a message like this and something inside of them is coming alive and they're saying, yeah, like, I want that, but, but there's just this doubt or this fear of the unknown or this thought that maybe that, that's what other people do, but just not me. That, that's, not, that's not for me. God, I'm asking that you would just awaken their hearts tonight and that there would become a realization on the inside of them. There's a spiritual world all around us. And I want to know what it is you're doing in that world, God. I want to see clearly. So open our eyes, open our ears, loose our tongues, move our hands and feet, touch our hearts, renew our minds, and put fire on our lives, God. Wake us up to this. Deposit this gift deep within us. I feel like this is appropriate tonight. If your heart's not right with Jesus and you just feel him doing something inside your heart, maybe you're just one prayer away from changing the
the trajectory of the next, the rest of your life. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss the moment where God's saying, this is for you. Maybe your heart beating and maybe your sweaty palms and maybe the hair standing up on the back of your neck isn't just because you're nervous. Maybe it's because, who knows, maybe God is actually trying to get your attention. Maybe that's why you showed up here tonight and you could have been anywhere else in the world. Maybe it's your first time or your thousandth time. It doesn't matter, but he's talking to you tonight and you know it. Don't miss your moment with God. If your heart's not right with Jesus tonight, you know you need to get right. And I'm not saying you've been super far from God. Maybe you have been, but maybe you know you're just not where you're supposed to be and you feel him beckoning you back to that place you need to be at. You need to get your heart right with Jesus. I want to pray for you, but I need to know who you are. So without any hesitation, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand in the air. I want to pray for you. One, two, three. Put your hand up right now, right now, right now. Awesome. Yes, yes. Awesome. Yes. Anybody else? Loud and proud. Bold. Thank you for being so bold about it. I love it. Come on. Nothing to be ashamed of here. I think that's amazing. Keep your hand up. Jesus, right now, I just pray for these hands that are going up. I still see them going up. Yes, I'm praying in Jesus' name. Wake them up, Lord God, completely, thoroughly, fully, God. Go get their heart right now in Jesus' name. Make this night the night that everything changes for them. Shake them up, Lord God, from the midst of their core. Do something remarkable in them that will never be the same. This is for you tonight. This is for you and you and you tonight. Don't miss it. And let this sink in deep. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Would you guys give a round of applause to anybody who prayed that prayer? Guys, I see your hands. Congratulations. That's amazing. I'm super proud of you. That's awesome. Listen, I'm going to let you guys go. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. We're going to be here on Sunday. We're going to be going after God. It's going to be an amazing time. Friday nights, we're going to the Padre game. If you're helping us in any way, shape, or form for the conference, make sure you come see me or Samantha. Is she in the room still? I don't know if she is. Come see me. I'll be up here at the front. I got Padre tickets for you. Jacob's here too. He's got Padre tickets. We can give you those uh, right now. And then we'll be back here next week. Don't miss next week. God's got something for us in this Wednesday night service that's going to be amazing. I don't want you to miss it. We'll see you guys. I love you. God bless you. Have a good night. Cross that bears no burden. Another die for me.